Here's a message from Ken Lavica. There has been some dirty, dirty behavior this week. Christian can't hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. All right, here's my promise to you. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over the heat not getting Dame Lillard. I'm over it. Do you believe me, Audible Assassin, that I uh, that I I have let enough time pass where I'm I'm over it? No. This <laughs> this sounds like uh, a high school girl who is so over her ex boyfriend. She's so over him that she needs to tell everyone how over and done with that relationship she is. She needs everybody to know three months after the fact that she's done. Like, I'm good. I'm cool. Or like Ross and Friends, like, I'm fine. Oh, God. I'm fine. Is Ross and Friends one of the most hideously annoying characters in the history of sitcom television? 888-760-3776. What a whiny little turd He's Ross hilarious. Come was. on. Come on. Ross. Are, Ross. Are was. you on the Friends hate train or are you just hating Ross? Uh, no, well, here, I was not. I used to watch Friends actually a significant amount when I was in junior high, when it was at the peak of its powers and uh, felt great connection to Chandler, mm-hmm. Chandler Bing, uh, and that whole crew. But as I've gotten older and I've watched reruns of Friends, I am uh, overly aware of how badly it has uh, aged. There are. There are many shows from my childhood that have aged significant sitcom television that have aged better than uh, than Friends. Yeah, I'm a cynicist as well. I try to find the downside of everything, try to hate what everybody loves, but I can't find why people don't like Friends. It's I don't just, know. It's so it's so plastic. It's it's plastic comedy. It it, it does not hold up. It's very pretentious. Uh, it it's just, it, like honestly, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that still holds up for me. It's good comedy. It's fun comedy. It's simple comedy. Friends, it just became too much about the rich, pretty people. Like, I, it doesn't. It doesn't relate. See, that's where I when you describe that too plastic and whatever. That's what I think like Big Bang Theory, and I hate that that's being looped in with it. That's what I think Big Bang oh, Theory see, is like. For I some think, reason, people watch it. No, I don't tell me. I think Big Bang Theory is oh. very well written and perfectly cast. Ugh. Just for the record. That shouldn't be on the record. We for can scratch that for the record for your <laughs> reputation. That's bad. Uh, um, uh, what, what, is, what, is, uh, what is your, what is your uh, sitcom opinion, your hot sitcom opinion? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. If you could, Audible Assassin, let's hear my thoughts yesterday. That was yesterday at noon on Portland Trailblazers. Disgraced Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin. I was hot. I was fiery. I was upset in the wake of the heat not getting Damian Lillard. It's very frustrating. And and the reason we're going to hear this is because everything that I said yesterday was reinforced last night. Here is me 
Yours truly, Ken Levicka, yesterday right here on the appropriately named Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Because the Heat were apparently, and I called it, I called it, I bleeping called it, I knew it, and I said it multiple times on this show, I knew that the Heat were dealing with a bad faith, unprofessional, meat-headed Petty Jackhole Jack in Portland. Jackhole. Who is not cut out for this general manager job. He was always in over his head, and he was always in his feelings about the trade request from Dame to the Heat and just the Heat. I knew it. I called it. It was so damn easy to identify. Joe Cronin is a wart, a wart. on professional basketball, and he never had any any, any desire to negotiate with the Miami Heat. Damian Lillard was never going to be part of the Miami Heat organization because Joe Cronin can't admit to being a screw-up. So here we are. Because Joe Cronin screwed up and screwed Dame and screwed his organization. And we'll get to the picks in just a moment. We'll get to... What the Blazers got out of this deal. But in it are draft swaps with the Bucks in 2028 and 2030. And Joe, my brother, I promise you, you ain't going to be around in that role to experience the draft swap with the Milwaukee Bucks. Believe that. Pretty juicy stuff right there. And for clarification that you're scoring at home, uh, I said jackhole. I called him a jackhole, not a jackal. That's J-A-C-K-A-L, jackal. I said jackhole, J-A-C-K-H-O-L-E. That is a hybrid of a jackass and a bleephole. Just just for clarification purposes. I kind of like Jackal in general. I think you could say mm-hmm. both. I think Jackal would be cool. That's yeah, sort of old-timey. It's, yeah, uh-huh. it, it is old-timey, but I feel like it could still sting. If we bring it back, you're like, ah, yeah, Jackal, see? Yeah, I, I agree with you. So you're over it, you said. You're not as hot as you were yesterday. Mm. Were you as hot yesterday more so because of what exactly went down and, and we just heard everything you said? Or that the news dropped almost maybe within the half hour after you got off the air. It was within 10 minutes of me getting (laughs) off the air on Wednesday. That was, I was as frustrated, to be quite honest, I was as frustrated about that as I was the revelation Dame was going to the Bucs instead of the Heat. Um, The reason that I feel over it, or I'm at least, fine, I'll make a concession to you, Seacat. I am am more willing to accept what took place is that at the end of the day, what matters to me most is, was Ken Levicka right? <laughs> okay. Okay? And this was before Chris Haynes' Bleacher Report piece came out last night. And if you haven't read it, I have selected key, juicy excerpts from it that I'm going to read to you now. It's Ken Levicka's story time here on ESPN 106.3. But in this story... It is reinforcing everything that I said. I correctly identified Joe Cronin as petty. I correctly identified Joe Cronin as completely ill-prepared to serve as a general manager as the NBA and quite honestly as an asswipe of a person. Joe Cronin's a bad dude, and this reinforced it to a T. Damian Lillard's been done dirty, maybe dirtier than any player in the history of the NBA. This from Chris Haynes, Bleacher Report, last night. This 
This and these are the details, presumably according to Damian Lillard's side, about the conduct of Blazers GM Joe Cronin since July 1. The last time Portland and Miami communicated was at Summer League in July via phone between Trailblazers GM Joe Cronin and Heat Senior VP of Basketball Operations and GM Andy Ellisberg. Miami hoped to schedule an in-person meeting while in Las Vegas to discuss trade scenarios, but that meeting never materialized. The Heat say they never had a legitimate opportunity to negotiate. Throughout the process, they felt Portland allowed emotions to get in the way of business. Lillard's camp believed it had become personal. These are all things I said over the last two months. It was so easy to see what was happening. The Blazers were hurt. They were hurt by a situation they created. So easy to identify and call out. Miami believes it could have included a third team and netted the Trailblazers up to three first-round picks with the inclusion of Tyler Hero. Frustrated with the lack of suitable offer, sources say the Trailblazers ceased all communication with Lillard and agent Aaron Goodwin in early September. Portland's rationale for keeping them in the dark was to prevent Goodwin from getting involved in potential deals behind the scenes. For approximately three weeks, calls and texts to the Trailblazers from Lillard and Goodwin went unanswered. Joe Cronin is a child. Joe Cronin is a toddler. All of the things I called him yesterday, I don't regret it at all. Joe Cronin is the worst general manager in North American professional sports. It seems too shocking to believe that a GM, a grown man, a professional in an NBA front office would be such a four-year-old that they would just screen phone calls and because their feelings are hurt, Their ego has been bruised because of a situation, because of lies they foisted upon one of the true professionals in the sport, Damian Lillard. They are going to cease talking with Damian Lillard because his agent was simply doing his job, and they're not even going to take the calls of Pat Riley, who's one of the all-time great executives in the history of professional basketball. It is stunning and... It defies rational thought. According to sources, and this is the part that really gets me, because not only is Joe Cronin a sniveling little infant, he also is a cheater. Listen to this. This is from Chris Haynes, Bleacher Report. According to sources, Portland had asked Lillard to sit out the final 10 games of the 2022-2023 regular season to help the franchise improve its lottery odds. He was told the higher the draft pick, the better chance they had at using the pick to facilitate a trade for a proven veteran player. That turned out to be another lie from Joe Cronin. He reluctantly acquiesced to being shut down, citing a, quote, calf injury. Folks, that's an NBA investigation right there. That is an NBA investigation right there. That is misleading information on an injury report. And in a day and age where gambling reigns supreme, that's a big reason why the injury report exists. The NBA better be looking at Joe Cronin post-haste. He's not only a baby suckling from the teat of the NBA and making himself look like a bitter, petty child sitting in his room crying and pouting because he's the one who spilled the milk all over the floor 
He's also a cheater. I get where you're coming from because I think Joe Cronin sat around these past five years and saw the player empowerment, right? He saw the James Hardens of the world, the Kyrie Irvings of the world say, I'm not going to play unless this is specifically what I need to succeed, specifically what I want my organization to be, or I'm out of here. He saw that and was annoyed by that and said, well, if someone tries that with us, no chance, pal. We're not bending. We're not breaking. The problem is Dame Lillard did it the right way. Mm -hmm. He did it the professional way. He showed so much loyalty to the Trailblazers until it just met the end of the road, many years wasted of his career, made to a finals, but really uh, not much more than that in other seasons. And he just took his chance, Joe Cronin, took his chance to put his foot down when it just didn't make sense in his specific situation. Because I think that player empowerment has hurt the league to an extent, but this is just not the time, nor the place, nor the player, nor the situation for a GM to put his foot down and try to drop his stuff on the table and say, you know what, I can play ball too. It's just not the situation. I continue from this Bleacher Report story. In a September 5th meeting, Cronin conveyed that if he was forced to do a deal with Miami, he had every intention of going after every attractable asset. Lillard knew then he was unlikely to end up in Miami. As was revealed yesterday, Joe Cronin, completely unserious person, asked the Heat for Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo, which was not going to happen, and everybody knew that. Lillard then said if a deal couldn't be worked out with the Heat, he would prefer to rescind his trade request and return to the Trailblazers. Cronin's response to the seven-time All-Star was that there was no coming back. What a jackass. That's Ken Levicka speaking, not Bleacher Report, Chris Haynes. That's me. Joe Cronin is a vengeful, spiteful jackass. Lillard was shocked, sources said. He said it was discouraging to hear he couldn't return, but added that he didn't want to be somewhere he wasn't wanted, and he ended the meeting. Lillard was still hopeful a deal with the Heat was within reach. However, he had to face the realization that he might not be moved. So on September 11th, he started showing up at the Trailblazers practice facility to work out. He went in for eight days. He said Cronin did not address him once. That's childish. That's being a baby. That's being oversensitive. Acting like this is a relationship, a romantic relationship, not a business relationship. Like, if you don't want me, I don't want you. Get out of here. What? Joe Cronin sucks. Joe Cronin flat out sucks. I, I, I am embarrassed for Joe Cronin. That, this... Don't think it's not going to permeate around the league, circulate around the league. Hey, you got a three-year-old in Portland. And don't think that every legitimate free agent of consequence for however long that little baby mouth-inserting, bib-wearing dope up in Portland is the GM isn't going to always harken back to what they saw in that Bleacher Report story and talk to Damian Lillard and understand just how miserable it is to play for that organization with him in charge. It's kind of unfortunate that it has to be a South Florida radio station, a South Florida market to bring up this angle on it. You're not seeing this angle anywhere else because it might come off as sour grapes, right? Didn't get the star we wanted, and there's one guy we can point at and say, you're the reason why because of ulterior motives and being... Uh, just oversensitive, 
But I'm omniscient. I'm not a Miami Heat fan. Not really. A, I, I kind of root for him because it was interesting this last season. But I see exactly what you're seeing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, ridiculous. This is abnormal adult human behavior. Yeah. This is abnormal adult human behavior from Joe Cronin. Damian Lillard, forget Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg and the Heat and Heat fans for a second. And just focus on Damian Lillard. This man has been done dirty. He's been done dirtier than anybody uh, from a, 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 a perspective of a, of a trade or a superstar treatment. He's been done dirtier than anybody that I can remember in recent memory. Just from a flat-out business perspective. He's been lied to. He's been bamboozled. He's been set up to fail. When he finally, after over a decade, decided, I need to escape this, he was held hostage. He was held hostage, and the person he was doing business with who makes millions of dollars of, uh, a year, just like Dame, he makes significant money too, Joe Cronin, decided to act like a two-year-old. Poop in his pants and everything. I mean, just an embarrassment. Who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? Because this has been a week full of dirty behavior. Who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, social media at KLV1063, that's 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. How much do you think it would cost to send baby food and wipes up to uh, the Trailblazers practice facility? I think it would probably just cost the price of postal, you just okay. kind of buy it first. Say special delivery for Mr. Joe Cronin. Okay. Maybe wrap it up nice. Maybe you make it one of those glitter bombs. You put <laughs> and you just kind of well, make a mess. I uh, I just I we'll ask marketing director Courtney how we can uh, pay for this because I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> okay. But um, I mean, this is Joe Cronin and Damian Lillard. Joe Cronin and what he did to Damian Lillard. Here's the best analogy I can think of. It is akin. To Joe Cronin is in a marriage with Damian Lillard. Joe Cronin is going out every night, getting wasted every night, going home with whoever he can pick up at the end of the night before closing time, chasing skirt, and then coming home in the morning while Dame is just sitting there waiting, 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 still very much loves what what he married with Joe Cronin and what he stands for uh, and is just sitting there while Joe Cronin abuses the relationship. Unfaithful, unloyal. And then as soon as Damian Lillard has had enough and says, Joe, I've had enough of your transgressions, your lies, your deception. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm taking the kids and I'm going to my mom's house. What does Joe Cronin do? Joe Cronin scoops up the kids and heads to an apartment across town and cuts off all contact with Damian Lillard and then threatens all sorts of legal proceedings as if he is the victim in the situation and makes it as ugly as possible and it makes it as childish as possible. This is a divorce that happened because of Joe Cronin. And then when Joe Cronin was faced with the consequences of his actions, then he got defensive and he got petty and he tried to punish Damian Lillard. That's the best possible analogy I can think of. It's the cutoff of communications that really rubs me the wrong way. Can we be adults like this? Can we talk about it and discuss options? And so, you know, where I'm coming from, where you're coming from, 
not replying to calls, not answering calls to the agent, to Dame Lillard. That's where it's very unforgiving to me. That's as childish as it gets. That's as people want to rag on Gen Z. That's a Gen Z move in the worst way possible. Yeah, and I just, what abhorrent conduct on Joe Cronin's part. Good Lord, man. Who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? Maybe it was the Packers getting crapped on at home last night. That was not nearly as competitive as even the final score, which was two touchdowns. Who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Let's get going on the phones on a Friday in Palm Beach. It's Nate with us on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Nate. Nate. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good, man. Good. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That was the biggest baby. There is no bigger... Uh, Crybaby in sports history than what he did. I mean, listen, Pat Riley had one when he had Dwayne Wade and he didn't sign Dwayne Wade right. for, what, five extra million? That yeah, really and, pissed me and off. And that was Ooh, a travesty. Was the number one? Yeah. That was the number one at first. Yes. Okay, Pat Riley, but he apologized for it like a man. Yep. So he, we forgave him. Yep. But this guy, Joe Court, oh my goodness. Now, you know, I got 40 people in the warehouse and all of us disagree with him. They were like, you got to call. You got to call. <laughs> Everybody says he's the biggest crybaby uh, in pro sports right now. It's it's disgusting. Like, this is a grown-ass man, Nate. This is a grown man who does not... And then, I don't know if you heard yesterday, we read the uh, the statement that Joe Cronin put out thanking Damian oh, yeah, Lillard. It. it sounds like it's just AI-generated, like ChatGPT, like no thought put into it. It's gross. <laughs> oh, man, it's just... I cannot believe it. And it goes past, like, Nate... I'm assuming you're a Heat fan. I'm a Heat fan. It sucks to lose out on Dame, but I'm more put off by how the hell do you treat a guy who has been a shining example of everything you want like that. Nate, appreciate the call. Have a great weekend, brother. I don't know, man. At some point, I'm going to have to cease whining and complaining about it at some point because it doesn't matter anymore. The Heat have had a miserable offseason. The Heat have... For the most part, the same team that got the one seed two years ago, but also, unfortunately now, still have largely the same team that barely made the playoffs a year ago. So it's, I I hate having to go to every heat season, though. Like, oh, how can they grind this one out? Because eventually, that magic stops. I think a big criticism of the NBA right now in its current form is the lack of homegrown stars, right? That's why kind of the Giannis championship meant a little bit more, meant a little bit different way and struck a chord for a lot of people. I want to see other GMs kind of call the BS out in the situation or else you can kiss all the homegrown stars goodbye. If no loyalty is shown in Portland and other GMs are going to show, wow, there should have been some loyalty, some adults in the room in Portland – then you can kiss all the homegrown stars goodbye because why are you going to show loyalty to any organization that drafts you and has you for as many years as Dame has been there? Peace out. I'm gone. I'm going to go to the best situation that fits me, and I'm not going to be the adult in the room if I know for sure my GM is also going to be mature about this. Uh, I keep hearing, oh, player empowerment, player empowerment, uh, player empowerment. It's gone too far in the NBA. It's gone too far. It's gone. It's gone too far. First of all, you know who ushered player empowerment in was LeBron. Like LeBron is consummate businessman. 
And it's so funny seeing all these people who want to always, and I see, I see these people on social media from a political standpoint, workers' rights, workers' rights, workers' rights. It's about the workers, unions, workers. But as soon as it comes to sports, complete 180. Ah, standing up for the billionaire, standing up for the, the, the people in power. So, wait, your, your societal approach is one thing. Your sports approach is another. What sense does that make? It's completely hypocritical. And I hope some of you understand that. You can't have one or the other. It's got to be both. And so, the, also, if you're going to fight and you're going to kill off player empowerment in the NBA... The fact that you use Damian freaking Lillard as the example, as the, um, the sacrificial lamb, as the victim of the death of player empowerment, how gross is that? You, you picked the most um, amenable NBA player possible to take advantage of him and how little he wanted any drama in this situation. And you just exploited, 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 beat him into submission to try and kill the player empowerment movement. Like, try that crap with Kyrie and see what happens. I'm not a Kyrie fan. Nate and I, in fact, have had it out over Kyrie before on this radio show. I ain't a Kyrie fan. But if Joe Cronin tried to pull with Kyrie... What he pulled with Damian Lillard, you can bet your ass, Kyrie, we wouldn't even be close to the finish line yet. No, wouldn't even be close to the finish line yet. And you can bet, too, that Kyrie would be probably saying some uncomfortable things about white power construct in the NBA. If Kyrie was in Dame Lillard's shoes in this entire situation, oh. I think it would be like Gotham City when Joker takes over the airwaves. All of a sudden, the TV changes. And it's Kyrie Irving in a mask talking to the people yeah. of the United States of America. It would be World War III. Joe Cronin, Joe Cronin wouldn't have no idea. He barely had any idea how to navigate this. Imagine if that was Kyrie. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Theo is off today. He's at Drake tonight in Miami. Uh, Stone is going to do some ESPN work, college football uh, up in the Midwest. So it's just Seacat and I hanging out. Uh, before we get to break and continue taking calls and going to social media, who in, who in Christian Cat's mind has done dirty this week? I've been pounding the drum all offseason about this organization in the state of Colorado, the Denver Broncos. And it's maybe not specifically this week that they've been done dirty, it's I've realized how dirty I've done them. Actually, it's not them. It's Nathaniel Hackett. I, yes, the situations last season. So you piled on Nathaniel Hackett yes. last year. And he was maybe 10% of the problem with the Denver Broncos. Those late-game situations, not using the clock, the timeouts, not knowing game situations, not ready to be a head coach. Yes, that was bad. That's not why the Broncos were so horrific in 2022. And I've just had a come-to-Jesus moment on Monday morning. I woke up and I realized 70-20. to 20. That defense is supposed to be electric, supposed to be a top-10 defense in the NFL. It goes way deeper than just the guy in charge, the head coach. If Sean Payton can't fix it, maybe he's part of the problem this year as well as Hackett was, there is some deeper issues in Denver, Colorado with the Denver Broncos. They, on paper, should be at least 
a 500 football team. I know it's a tough division, but they should be at least a 500 football team. They might win three games this season if I'm being generous. So I personally have done Nathaniel Hackett. I think we, as a sports community, has done Nathaniel Hackett a little bit dirtier than he did deserve. So let me ask you this, though. Here's my counter to that. Zach Wilson has seemingly gotten worse from a year ago (laughs) when Nathaniel Hackett was not his offensive coordinator. It's been an entire season with Nathaniel Hackett. Even if it wasn't a backup role, that doesn't count for anything. You still think that you were too hard? You've done Nathaniel Hackett too dirty? No, I think that Nathaniel Hackett spent uh, months and months preparing for the SATs, and he ended up getting the MCAT. Like, this is the, not All the right. test he prepared for in 2023. He right. was going for Aaron Rodgers, setting up Aaron Rodgers in that system, and all of a sudden, quickly, they took one test out of his desk and gave him another one and said, nope, that's what you got to do this year, and it's going to take some time. By the way, did you take the SAT, uh, or did you take the ACT, or did you take both? I took the SAT, rocked that crap, and my uh, valedictorian small school did better than her, and she was so angry at me. Really? It, yep. Did the, so you got, beat the valedictorian? Uh-huh. Only took it once, got me in a Penn State, and that's all I had to take it. Oh, so pretty I, sick. I kind of walked around with some swagger in the hallways to Chester Academy after that test. I take. like that. That's pretty yeah. sick. Uh, who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field, that's where Baptist Health Orthopedic Care comes in. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Who or one in sports was done dirtiest this week? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media is open at KLV1063. He's Christian Cat, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. I'm confused. When would the Marlins and Mets finish their suspended game? Playoff start Tuesday, right? Yeah. It's going to be Because the, the Marlins are in Pittsburgh starting tonight for their final series of the year. This has been a mess. Speaking of being done dirty, we'll get to that in a second. Because what is happening to the Marlins is an injustice. And the Mets organization, uh, it's, it's kind of shameful. It's, it, at, least, at the very least, it's bordering on incompetent. What the New York Mets are doing as an organization have been doing the last couple of days. Christian Cat, Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levicka. Ken Levicka live here on ESPN 1063. A reminder that uh, on Monday, it is the brand new, I mean, it's the same people, same show, just different name. Levicka, Theo, and Stone. Middays here on ESPN 1063. So again, it's, it's the same show. It's just Theo five days a week with Stone and myself. Um, just a, a different name. 
And that's it. LTS. Who's gonna like? We are not doing LTS. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a funny acronym that you could use with LTS. Uh, I haven't thought of it yet. I can't. I can't. I cannot get into that. Lettuce, tomato, salami. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Shane messages in. Who's been done dirtiest this week? The U.S. bombing in the Ryder Cup. It is day one of the Ryder Cup for you golf fans. Uh, the U.S. is getting absolutely pounded by Team Europe right now. They uh, they they swept the four-manded Team Europe. Uh, they are up big, and uh, the U.S. did not take a lead in any match of the Ryder Cup until six and a half hours into the competition today in Italy. That's not good. Not good at all. You're a bigger golf uh, viewer, watcher, enjoyer than I am. I'm trying to get into that world more and more. How did you consume golf? Did you kind of read it and watch the highlights this morning? Because we got jobs to do, man. We can't just wake up at 1 a.m. and watch it live. Yeah, I've just been casually following from afar. It's difficult. It's, yeah, it is. It, I mean, I'm not going to wake up at, at 1 in the morning to, to watch the Ryder Cup on a Friday morning. Now, I'm not doing it. Would you like it to be kind of like the Olympics where they kind of just tape it and they'll play it, uh, maybe I'm start sure at 8 a.m.? I'm sure it is. Okay. Like I, I, I would think that tonight on NBC or NBC Sports Network or something, there's going to be a replay of today's Ryder Cup action. If, if you are hyper-nationalistic, drape yourself in the stars and stripes, I'm just going to tell you, you probably shouldn't watch the replay. Because it's nothing but oh. bad. Right now, it's six and a half to one and a half in favor of Team Europe. Uh, so if day two tomorrow is anything like day one, the Ryder Cup could very damn well be close to over early Sunday morning. That breaks my heart. It's not good. I can't watch Americans lose. It is not good at all. You know what is good is prize picks, the best daily fantasy. Use the promo code KLV. KLV. Double your deposit up to $100 with prize picks. Playing a little pick three, pick four. I'm going to get in some college football tonight. I'm going to get in on some NFL over the weekend. Uh, prize picks, there are so many different ways to win. So many different sports to play alongside. And it's, it's super fun. You can get on the app for as long as you want, or you can get out of the app for as quickly as you'd like and make yourself money. And we saw with that suspended Marlins-Mets game last night, some, some fantasy operators, they screwed over those who were playing because of the suspended game. They, they, they didn't give, a, give any credit for a Marlins win or credit for a Mets loss. They just wiped it off the board. That does not happen with prize picks. They are going to take care of you. You're never going to be left hanging with prize picks. That's important. They are for the user. They are for the player. They are for the prize picks community. Use the promo code KLV. Go ahead and play. Win yourself some money. The best daily fantasy out there. Easy to traverse app. Uh, promo code KLV. Double in your deposit up to $100. Come play with me over at prize picks. All right, so... As it stands right now, uh, let me just take a look at the uh, the standings here in baseball. Uh, and the only reason I focus heavily on this is because, I mean, fine, the Marlins are in a playoff race. They're battling for the third wild card. They currently sit a half game up on the Cubs for the final wild card spot. The Cubs, who, by the way, are cratering. They get swept in Atlanta, dropped fly balls, uh, walk off Braves wins, and then they just face plant last night. But the Marlins are up a half game. The Marlins last night, they scored two in the top of the ninth to go up 2-1 to one on the Mets. 
There's runners on second and third, and then it starts to rain in New York. And if you've seen any of the footage today from mm-hmm. New York City, they're in crisis mode. There's, there's basements flooded, streets flooded. People are calling 911 because they're trapped underground. The subway, it's a mess up there. There ain't no baseball being played today in New York. They were supposed to play the Phillies. That's already been postponed. Here's the problem. When the rain started last night, and if, if, if you haven't been following this, the first game of the Marlins-Mets series had to be pushed to uh, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday they played a doubleheader? Yeah, Wednesday, uh, a day-night doubleheader because for whatever reason, the Mets ground crew last weekend when it was raining heavily in New York City left the tarp off the infield and it saturated the infield so badly that they could not get the field properly prepared to play on Tuesday. It's like the quiet quitting. That. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it really is. The, the Mets out of contention. They've been quiet quitting since late July. Yeah. Apparently the ground screw's done the same thing. So the Marlins are like, what the bleep, man? Like We're in a playoff race right here. We have very, very slim starting pitching options as it is, and now we got to play a double header going into the final six games of the year? That's garbage. It was so uh, hotly discussed up there in New York that, uh, that Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, sent an apology to the Marlins. So then last night, it's like deja vu. They put the top on the field, um, and a couple hours pass, and it gets to like 12.30 in the morning. And again, it's 2-1 to one Marlins, two outs, top of the ninth, Marlins at bat, um, and the Marlins are trying to, to close this game out. They take the tarp off the field. They take the, the, the same Mets ground crew takes the tarp off the field and they just place it in left field. And then with rain falling lightly, they just stand there. They just stand there. They don't do anything while city field personnel are discussing what to do. What do we do? Skip Schumacher, who is the uh, the manager of the Marlins, he runs out there. He starts confronting the head of the Mets grounds crew. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, let's put some sand on the on the infield. Let's play. Let's get through this. I don't care how late it is. We got to be in Pittsburgh and we got to play tomorrow with our our lead in the wild card. And they just stand there, stand there, stand there. Nobody makes any decision. Rain still falling, saturating the infield. At one point. The Mets ground crew, they start taking team photos of one another <laughs> instead of getting the infield prepared. And I, I've never seen I've never seen a manager of an opposing team go out and confront the head of a grounds crew in Major League Baseball. But I get it. And so they ultimately, after all that, just sitting there, not doing anything after taking the tarp off the infield, the same thing that led them to having to move the game from Tuesday. They decide to suspend the game. They just suspend the game. And the Marlins are like, well, hell, we got to go to Pittsburgh now. So there's, there's a chance that even if things go well for the Marlins in Pittsburgh, or depending on what happens, they have to head back to New York to play four outs, presumably. I, what the hell are the Mets doing? The Marlins have been done dirty, and I definitely don't defend the Marlins in any way, shape, or form. This is nonsense. This is really, honestly, it's stupid. Yeah. I get the Mets should be embarrassed as an organization. Uh, Rob Manfred, head of Major League Baseball, he needs to find the franchise, and the franchise needs to make changes with that organization. That's malpractice. 
that's a, yeah, we don't, this game doesn't matter much to us, and we're the one hosting the game, so, yeah, we're all right. I've been that type of grounds crew type employee. I worked at a go-kart track in high school, <laughs> uh-huh. and when it rains, you can't use the go-kart track, the slick track, because it's too slippery, and the tires wouldn't work and whatever. So I've been that employee, a.k.a. that grounds crew member, who's like, I don't really want to do that. That's more work for me. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm making $8 an hour. This is Major League exactly. Baseball. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Filming TikToks in the clubhouse like with, with your guys you're not going to see for the rest of the offseason after the Mets season comes to a close. This is quiet quitting. This is guys just giving up on the season yeah. when it means so much to the Marlins organization to a heightened sense, right? The Marlins are not a team that is expecting to win pennants, expecting to be in the World Series. Making the playoffs... Getting a wild card spot means so much to them, more so than many other franchises in baseball, that it even heightens the hey, situation. But if you're the Mets, like forget about the Marlins for a second, you've got like a, a nine billion dollar payroll. <laughs> you would think that you could at the very least uh, cover the damn infield during a tropical storm. It's not like any of this rain has surprised the New York area. These are literally tropical waves, tropical depressions that are affecting New York. The meteorologists have been pretty on the money up there in New York City, and we're leaving tarps off the infield, having to move one game because of it. And then last night, who thought it was a good idea to just take the tarp off and just leave it in left field? While the rain, if you start preparing the infield, you could probably fight off some of the precipitation and get four outs in. But instead, we're just standing there taking photos of one another. Like The Mets organization this whole year, and we make fun of me as a White Sox fan how embarrassing this year has been, I think based on scope of payroll and now this at the end of the year, like the Mets are the embarrassment of the year in Major League Baseball. Do you think that it would be fair and just and right to have the Mets forfeit that game? Not even forfeit. Forget suspending the game. Let's call it. It's after the fifth. Let's call the game. Okay. Let's just call the game. Marlins win two to one. Like I don't understand why we're suspending stuff when we should just call the game. There's no reason for it. None. No reason for it at all. Yeah, it feels like that door is open and shut. The Mets obviously are not going to go try to go out of their I mean, it's mandated in Major League Baseball. They have to go out of their way to finish this ball game up, but they game. don't care. They don't care. Oh, no, it's an official game. Let's wrap it. Let's let's wrap the, the entire thing. Who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? Damian Lillard done super, super dirty. Sea uh, Cat, Christian Cat, Audible Assassin. He said, I've, I've been doing Nathaniel Hackett dirty. Look at the state of the Broncos. It wasn't just Nathaniel Hackett. The Marlins, they're being done dirty. Who or what in sports was done dirtiest this week? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Again, 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Uh, Andrew says, Last night, horrible Mets against the Marlins. I understand tarps can be tricky sometimes, but these dudes practice this scenario when it rains all the time. No excuse why at the end of the season, with all the experience this Mets ground crew had, and they still mess it up. I've never in my life, and I've been in sports talk radio for a long time, and I've had this show for three years. Never, ever, 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 ever have I been put into a position where I've had to discuss grounds crews or the experience of grounds crews, yet here we are. Thanks, Mets. Continuing to find ways to find the bottom.
If you work for the grounds crew, the only reason you should be in the news is like a sports center, not top 10. When you get trapped under, when they're pulling on the field yeah. and they goof at you, yeah, you the crawl out. The only time that tarps should be should should show up in our sports psyche, you're right, is when grounds crew members get stuck under it or they're slipping sliding on it. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> the only time we should hear about tarps. And our, also, too, like are tarps that tricky? Like, yeah. I mean, when you're getting paid that much, when you have 365 days a year thinking about that tarp, I think it gets more basic. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I do know uh, tarps were a pain in the ass when I was a Boy Scout and we'd go camping because you got to lay the tarp oh. down before you put the yeah. tent up because you want to. You don't want just ground, and then especially if it's cold, you want something protecting or wet. You want uh, a barrier between the ground and the tent. But tarps always a pain in the ass to dry off. They're a pain in the ass to fold. It's very difficult. Yeah, I kind of got an embarrassing story with that. I don't know if I want to save it for after the break yeah, sure. or not. Tarp but. stories. What's your uh, <laughs> What's your story of battling tarps? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll keep getting to your social media as well. And one of the more unique animal attacks that we've had in quite some time. I'll explain. He is Christian Cat, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Alive on ESPN 1063. Uh, this is, I'm reading from the Associated Press. This is just interesting. It caught my eye. Here's the headline. Las Vegas police arrest man in connection to Tupac Shakur's 1996 killing. To my knowledge, this is... First arrest in a long time, maybe ever, in relation to Tupac's murder. Las Vegas police have arrested a man in the deadly 1996 drive-by shooting of Tupac, a long-awaited break in a case that's frustrated investigators and fascinated the public ever since the hip-hop icon was gunned down on the Las Vegas Strip 27 years ago. Dwayne Davis was arrested early Friday morning, although the exact charge or charges were not immediately clear, according to two officials with firsthand knowledge of the arrest. They were not authorized to speak publicly ahead of an expected indictment later Friday. Davis has long been known to investigators. He himself has admitted in interviews and in his 2019 tell-all memoir, Compton Street Legend, that he was in the Cadillac where the gunfire erupted during the September 1996 drive-by shooting. Shakur was 25 when he was gunned down. Down. The arrest comes two months after Las Vegas police raided his wife's home July 17th. Documents said police were looking for items, quote, concerning the murder of Tupac Shakur. Police reported collecting multiple computers, a cell phone and hard drive, a Vibe magazine that featured Shakur, several 40 caliber bullets, two tubs containing photographs and a copy of Davis's 2019 tell-all memoir, Compton Street Legend. In the book, Davis said he broke his silence over Tupac's killing in 2010 during a closed-door meeting with federal and local authorities. At the time, he was 46, facing life in prison on drug charges when he agreed to speak with the authorities. So if that is indeed, if it turns in to murder charges, we might be uh, on the way to uh, ending one of the, the great, great, uh, American criminal mysteries of all time. You know, I got to be honest, credit to those investigators. Um, I cannot imagine investigating a crime 25 years after the fact, 27 years after the fact. Maybe it's a testament to my work ethic, but <laughs> I don't really know what the crime is. I don't really care what the crime is. 
three years down the road, I'm like, you know what? This is too difficult. Yeah. You got it. Good yeah, job. The uh, the murder of Tupac was never going to, uh, and for lack of a better word, die. I, yeah. it, was, it was going to continue to find fuel ebbs and flows for however long it takes. But um, yeah, that, 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 that would be, in the grand scheme of things, that would be massively significant American news if there are murder charges filed in the Tupac Shakur case. Like they, they said they brought Broke in trying to find evidence and stuff. How is there still evidence this long after the fact? Like, wouldn't stuff be flushed on the toilet or something now and be gone I forever? I don't know. I I mean, uh, again, this guy has willingly talked about his yeah. involvement, and once that happens, you start digging a little bit more, and perhaps you find more more dirt there, more substance to it, and then you have all you need for an arrest. All you need for an arrest, and if you've gone to a grand jury, is is probable cause. For, for a charge to be filed, and then you go from there. Um, so that, that, though, is significant. That is wildly significant. Huh. In the hardest left term possible, you promised me a tarp story. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in, in the, the same vein of the Mets' failed, failing grounds crew. Yeah, it was more so you saying how tarps are kind of difficult if you're a Boy Scout for camping, right? Yep. So same situation. Were you a Boy Scout? I was a Cub Scout. So okay. like I, I don't know if you didn't, this get is a, pa- you didn't get past Weeblos? No, I think I was a, a Tiger and then the Lion, and then I gave up because... Tiger Scout, Lion Scout. Yeah, oh I, 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 um, I made it to Life Scout. That's the step below Eagle Scout. Ah. And then I, I tapped out with one step left to go. I didn't like the Wednesday night meetings. I would always yeah. lose the kerchief that you're supposed to have. It just meetings. wasn't for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but one of the trips was a camping trip. Went with my pops. Set up the tent, did all that stuff, and you, of course, as you mentioned, you lay down the tarp and then the tent on top of the tarp. For some reason, never done this before in my life as a child, I wet my uh, sleeping bag, right? Problem is... As in you peed on it. Yes. Okay. I, I peed in the middle of the night, never woke up, never even like considered it, never did held the bladder. Did you dream it? Because when I was a kid, I would dream about peeing and then I will have peed the bed. Is, is that what happened to you? I don't think so, but it was raining that night. Ah, maybe. So, like, that kind of, that noise. Yeah, it kind of free flew, and the tarp kept the liquid, the Uh urine, right next to me. And Uh, we were were kind of laying uphill, so it went from my feet up to (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. And you wake up and like, oh, no, I guess we didn't lay down the tarp right. The water, the rainwater came in. No. No, that was... That was, was, like, up to my armpit. Yeah. It was tough. So you, you, while camping, while a Cub Scout, you peed so heavily that it went through the the sleeping bag. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, because the tarp was there... Um, it, it, then uh, you were on an incline or a decline, I suppose your head was declining uh-huh. and it flowed up to your upper part of your body. That is awful. It's awful. What makes it even worse is that it happened more than once. Maybe not the exact scenario. What the hell? I, I wet the tent once, Stop. once with my dad, once with my friend's dad who took me and his son. My friend. What is with that, you peeing in tents? How I don't old know. were you? I've never wet the bed as a child. I think I was maybe eight or nine years old. But when I was in the tent, I wet it twice. So I don't know what the correlation was there, why that is happening, but it happened twice. That is bizarre. It's a lot more embarrassing when it's not your own father. And he kind of. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. That was pretty brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that story until you mentioned a tarp and a tent. That so, is awful. 
Like it, that is that is worse than I could have possibly imagined that story was going to be. I just thought you had a giggle, giggle, ha ha. Oh, that tarp, tough to fold. But no, you peed on yourself. Not once, but twice. Like, yeah, hardcore pee on yourself. Uh-huh. They didn't see through the sheets into That's the mattress. Not- no, no, no. It doesn't go anywhere except for on top of the tent. Doesn't seep into the grass. It goes right, yeah, right in your grill. Really, son. really sucks. Um, uh, by the way, while we're on the subject, before we take a break, um, when it comes to being a Cub Scout, being a Boy Scout, and you mentioned the uh, the neckerchiefs. Yeah, there was a large, and I'm sorry for anybody who's overly wildly passionate about Cub Scouting and Boy Scouting, and I think it's very good, and it teaches life lessons and skills that you wouldn't receive otherwise. I now, in retrospect, look back and I value my time as a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. I can tie knots. I can swim um, fairly sizable distances. I can kayak, canoe, no nature all because of Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. But there was a long time while I was in Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. When you're coming of age as a male and you want to impress females, uh, you want to uh, endear yourself to the opposite sex. The one way not to do it is to be in public wearing those neckerchiefs. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, for whatever reason, there's an age where, oh, you're, you're a Boy Scout. You're a Cub Scout. And what would alleviate that? If Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, those organizations would just accept it, understand like there might be some people that are like, oh, what a dork. I, I, I was in a marching band. I know how this goes too, okay? I've lived that life. What would make it so much easier if you have to wear your uniform in public is to ditch the neckerchiefs. If you want to identify which level of scouting you're at, have them wear like a, a badge yeah. or something. At least with the Boy Scout uniform, you can unbutton a top button you can rock it a little bit easier than the neckerchief coming into existence there's no need for a neckerchief in boy scouts or cub scouts do the the young men of america a service cub scouts and boy scouts of america and abolish the neckerchief and let them have a chance with the young ladies of this nation. And you know what? Boy Scouts, move away from the popcorn. It's never going to live up to the Girl Scout cookies because Girl Scouts sell cookies to fundraise a lot, and they do a great job there. The Boy Scouts and the Cub Scouts, from what my memory, is selling kettle corn. Yeah, it's a caramel corn, the the, the tins, uh, cheese popcorn, regular popcorn, caramel corn. What they should, should they sell? They need something for fundraising. They should just strong arm the Girl Scouts and just also do cookies. <laughs> I, I just Boy do Scout too. cookies? Exactly. Oh. Just have different names. They can't keep you out of that. They don't own the cookies. Blood the market. Interesting. Exactly. Uh, do you have any similar uh, Cub Scout, Boy Scout stories about neckerchiefs? I'm just curious. That is actually, looking back now, a traumatic, traumatic part of my childhood. Uh, and also, who or what in sports? was done the dirtiest this week. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Yes, that was a segment that contained the potential uh, solving of the murder of Tupac Shakur mm-hmm. and a tale of Christian Cat peeing on himself in a tent twice. Deja vu. Why have I done this before? It's weird. <laughs> That's Christian Cat, the audible assassin. I think he's potty trained now. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.